Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. Hey there, welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe. So today is a little different episode. I know you've heard episodes with both myself and my son, interviews as well as solo episodes. Today I wanted to share with you just an informal conversation that happened between myself and my husband. Something we do at least once a year is to reflect on our businesses and our streams of income and try to do some evaluations, figure out what it is we want to do in the upcoming year. And for my husband, his role in our businesses is the P&L, like how profitable can we make these businesses? And then beyond that, it's like he's the offensive coordinator. So he's going to look at staffing and where we're using resources and who we need to get on our team, how things operate. and forecasting what we have coming up in the next year. This conversation, I think, will be really useful to those of you who maybe you're more creative than you are great at the numbers and looking at how to make your business more profitable. So Brett and I are in the car. We're headed off to dinner. And what we were talking about is how sometimes we need to do a better job of checking in on the different areas of our business, some of which are their own independent businesses, different streams of income each which sometimes require a different game plan or a different approach and how similar that can feel sometimes to having, you know, more than one child. Like if you have multiple kids, like they all need a little different approach and it always seems like one needs more attention than another at different times, but you can't lose sight of the other kids. And that's where this conversation starts. So buckle up your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. You know, it's hard when you have so many different offshoots because it's like having five kids right so you're gonna you're gonna deal with the one who's crying who's making the most noise even though there might be a kid who's in real trouble yeah and you can't deal with it right now because this child's being very loud yeah you know and and so maybe we need to come up with some type of a system a systematic way to not let any one child go unsupervised for Long. Too long because I mean, like, look at MIA, look at Marketing Impact Academy. Like, that is such an unbelievably, incredibly helpful program, right? And we didn't touch it, or in terms of promoting it, anyways. I mean, yeah, we were updating it, but we didn't promote it. We didn't go like, okay, gosh, if we just had an evergreen sequence, or if we just had the time to do another launch, and and none of it would have taken that time. But you know, we probably lost a couple million. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, over the year. You, yeah, and when you consider evergreen is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, when you consider evergreen, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm expecting 2019 to be, you know, $4 million for MIA. Evergreen? No, total. Oh. I'll take $2 million in a launch and $2 million evergreen. Four million in a so how, what is your system you have in place for going through one through one? How are you doing this? You just look at what we're spending every month? Yeah. 
you, you know, we always talk about this. We do seasons, and I like to do it in December just because it's a little bit slower usually, and you know, you can have some year in reflection. And True. So, and you know, you have a whole year to go by. You just don't have like a month. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you got a lot of data to go with. So I'm just going through every phase of all of our businesses, one three one, Team Johnson stuff, just and just everything, whether it's a vendor or an agency or an employee or Can I stop you? Yes. And ask a question. Yes. So you're not just looking at one offshoot, meaning one three one or MIA or journals, right? Because they're all separate individual businesses. Correct. Well I'm focused more on one three one is because that's our highest amount of revenue spend. We're spending more money on 131 monthly than any other business. Okay. We've done this before. Yeah. Where we look at all of our sources of revenue and go, which one's the biggest headache, which one costs us the most, and which one do we enjoy the least? Mm Mm-hmm. And what I think you're saying is you're kind of looking at it first from a global perspective, but now you're kind of narrowing it down to 131. Yes. And I'll make sure I touch on everything because... If you don't, uh-huh. then you might, it, it might be like one of those things where you're supposed to get your an- annual checkup, uh-huh. right? But if you miss a year, it, that little thing that could have been growing might get yeah. bigger and bigger. So it's better just to look at it before it gets too big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. And it's um, So right now, are you going through it month by month, quarter by quarter? What's your process? Um, two things. Over the course of the year and then the last three months. And what are you looking at? Are you looking at expense, expenditures? Yes, expense and like what are we getting for what we're, what's our ROI? So give me an example of something you see and you're like, okay, I'm going to go in deep. Do you want me to just give you the example I worked with today? Sure. Okay, so we have a customer service agency okay. that works for us. And we spend... An outside agency that handles all of our customer service for, for 131 one one only. Th- for 131 one only. Okay. And do you want me to reveal numbers? Or sure, yeah, because I can always beep it out if okay. you think that... Like, would there be a problem with that? No, no. All right. So, they are on a contract that they're, they work hourly. Okay. So, it's not like per... And what their claims are called are called tickets. So, if someone calls in and says, I, I lost my password, that's, right. that's, that's a, a tick. ticket. That's okay. a ticket, right? Uh-huh. So, I've noticed at the beginning of the year when we had all of the massive like influx of people joining the 131 and we're trying to work through glitches glitches and website glitches and like we didn't even know all the problems Uh like we were putting together an FAQ through the customer service it was a big huge task Mm -hmm. well they were getting paid the same amount of money that they got paid the last three months and the Wait, tickets that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. They were getting paid back then what yes. they're getting paid now and you're saying the workload is no comparison. No comparison. And so I was like, "Wait a second, this doesn't make sense because the the when I started getting the invoices, the invoices never went down. They're always the same." Okay. And then I was explained that they're like on an hourly basis. So it's not like they're per ticket. It's ah. per hour. So it's our bad for so not So it's like, 100% our bad, but nobody uh-huh. was you know that's my job. Uh-huh. I got, I got, you know, and so what I did was, is I broke it down. I reverse engineered it and broke it down per ticket. What's that mean? Meaning you do this a lot. This is how your brain works too. So I've kind of learned this from you. Mm. So what I did was I took the average. So I didn't just calculate on one month. I did three month average mm-hmm. of tickets. Okay. And so that, let's say we just throwing out. 
600. So we did 600 tickets. In one average for three months. So 1,800 tickets over three months, so 600 per month. 600 customer service inquiries per month. Yes. Got it. Okay. So I did this math today, so let me just do it quick in my head for you. So if you do 600, there's 20 working days in a month, right? So just let's just go four weeks times five days a week, right? Okay. So that's 20. So you divide 20 into 60, what do you get? 30. Sure. So that's <laughs> so that's 30 tickets a day divided by eight is 3.7 tickets per hour. Okay. That means each ticket, they were spending 20 minutes on each ticket. I'm like, wait a second. So then I went to our department head and I said, what are the tickets range from? I'm like, because they What's don't typical tip because ticket? they don't answer the tickets that are hard. They don't answer nutrition the, related. The nutrition related. They we have answer why dietitians to do that. So I asked Ashley Sweeney, who is our registered dietitian and lead director of the one three one. I said, so, so give me the top three reasons. And I'm like, okay. You mean the top three tickets? Top three tickets. Types. Okay. Yes. These sound like copy and paste responses they could be making. She goes, oh yeah, by now we have copy and responses for everything that they do. So I go, so how long would a ticket take for somebody to do? Like, Give like, me an example like, of what a question might be. Um, I want to start a new cycle, phase. a new phase. How do I go back to the beginning? Okay. Right? So there's copy just... Copy and paste. Copy and paste. Mm-hmm. That's a three minute ticket. That's not 20 minutes. No, it's a five minute. No, it's a five second. That's what I'm saying. But let, I, I'm giving people sure. the doubt. I mean, it's not 20, 20 minutes, minutes. Right. Right. So I started doing this and I was like, okay, so if they're doing, let's just, let's just round up and say four tickets an hour at 15 minutes a piece. I'm like, at the rate they're doing these tickets, they should be able to do 12 tickets. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means they would go up a couple hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then their fee should be cut in half, mm-hmm. not the same price. Mm-hmm. And I told, you, you know, when I was discussing this with them, I said, at this rate, we're getting charged $150 an hour for customer service. Yeah. And she says, how is that possible? And I went through the math. And now are we getting charged $150 for customer service no but when you break it down and reverse engineer it by ticket we are yeah yeah but that's not what it equals out to be i understand so what i did was i said okay so we're paying our customer service agency one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year what would it cost to do this in-house what would it cost to hire somebody to do this yeah less than half of that so we're talking 50 to fifty-five thousand dollars max and so today if we went that route we would have saved $65,000 today in that one meeting. Mm. It's money that's being made that we're, we're shelling out that we don't need to be shelling out. But more than likely what we'll do is we'll take that money and we'll invest it in somewhere else in the business. Okay, so advertising, marketing, advertising, marketing, just R and D, right? Yeah. New, uh, CRM we're looking into mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But then in the meeting, I'm always like, usually the one that wants to do the most drastic thing, which is fire and hire. <laughs> um, At least you recognize that about yourself. Yeah, so that they you all... Are, you are a little bit like, okay, we're it's done. We're not doing this anymore. I'm very black and white. Yeah. And so the gray person that equals me out in the office, Brooke... And me. And you, said, why don't I contact them and see if we can just, like, restructure this. Yeah. And I said, beautiful, restructure it. Yeah, because you be- can't blame a company who's like... <laughs> We negotiated a price. They're still paying it. We're doing our job. It's easier for us now, but that's not our fault. 
there's benefits to doing that because what if all of a sudden the book comes out and all of a sudden we have an influx and now we're getting a couple thousand members every single week and mm-hmm. our subscription thing's going up and then you know we could always negotiate back but the nice thing about this is is that we kind of created some new rules for customer service too because like you said it doesn't make sense like they're working on Saturdays so we're paying them to be on call 24 hours a day not 24 hours a day but it's I think it's like 12 12 hours a day multiple people yeah which is like ridiculous because you can call like American Express or PayPal's customer service. Yeah. And if you don't if you don't call before five, you're not getting an answer. No, and no. we're like people are like, Do I add Stevie to this recipe or not? Yes. <laughs> you know? So what I what I said today was I said, let's just readjust the rules. Our customer service is now eight to five Pacific Standard Time. That's where we were located. That's where our customer service is located. They're located in Arizona. So we go eight to five. And if you don't and and if you ask a question and if it's after 12 o'clock Pacific time, your question will be answered more than likely the next day. Yeah, and that's then reasonable. It's, it's still exceptional. like most. It's exceptional customer service, yeah. and, and it could cut our price in half and could make, you know, with us, we're going to reinvest it in, into the business and make sure other things are working more soundly. That's one example. There's let's, lots of examples. Let's go have dinner, and we'll come back and talk about more. Okay. The hard thing would be not talking about these things over dinner. So then you go through that, and then are you like, okay, the next biggest charge that I need to figure out if it's valid or not, right? Is that your main thing? Yes, and also what we need mm-hmm. and what that's going to cost. And, and I'm always making sure, since this is our first year of doing agencies, that they're doing what they promised that they were going to do. How do you do that? Because we pay them. They say that they're going to create this many sales, and it's really easy to check and monitor and if they're not doing that then you either have to change something or was was one of the first agencies we hired the seo agency or no facebook agency facebook was the first one we've hired a couple of different agencies to run facebook which i wouldn't recommend anymore a facebook agency there's other agencies you know we have another seo agency the first one that we used didn't work okay i want to jump in here and just explain that last comment the first search engine optimization agency that we hired. We spent a long time finding the right company and looking into their credentials. We did a meeting with them where they pitched us on what they would be able to do for the one through one method. And we were blown away by the pitch. We entered into a very, very expensive agency contract with them. They had really reputable reviews, but I have to tell you, it was a huge waste of money. The mistake that we made that I want to share with you is that many agencies and consultants will often list people whom they take credit for their success. Meaning they say, we did all of so-and-so's search engine optimization and take a look at where their website is today. Or we did such and such for so-and-so's podcast or Facebook ads or whatever it is. And what we've since learned is you have to figure out how long was that contract? When did you start working with them? When you did start working with them, where were they at? And where were they at when you left? Because many times, many of the consultants or agencies that we seek out, we're seeking them out because they've worked with some of our competitors, but they were also let go by many of our competitors. And they also tend to have, you know, which is a natural tendency, this inflated representation of what they did and their role. So my my recommendation would be, 
to ask additional questions, find out when you worked with them. Where were you when you first started working with them? Where were you when you left? And what is your relationship like with this team or individual today? And then reach out to that former consultant or former, even if it is a competitor, reach out and ask. Because I think had we done that, we would have saved ourselves perhaps tens of thousands of dollars. And I know myself, I see people who list online, either on you know, freelance sites or even on LinkedIn. They take credit for the success of our company because they may have worked for us for a very, very short period of time. And frankly, they didn't perform or they'd still be with us. Or maybe they did and they're overinflating what they did. And it's pretty common for people to overinflate their credentials. It's not a crime, but it is something you want to be aware of. But because that's life, that's business. We hired an agency that relatively soon after we hired them, they went through major changes in terms of their staffing and the leadership. And we just got the raw end of the deal. I wouldn't consider a complete waste of money, but we certainly overpaid for a minimal amount of service. But in the process, we learned a ton about search engine optimization agencies, things that we probably should have known before hiring them. I mean, it was a win because we learned so much that we were better equipped to hire a new agency moving forward. Okay, back to our conversation. So, but we hired another one because that is an expertise and it's and it mm-hmm. does there is some some really good validation why you should do an SEO agency if you need that for your business. Right. But in right now, my recommendation would be to kind of tread water lightly on Facebook agencies because of just the fact that Facebook is kind of becoming a little... It's stuck. It, it is. It's stuck. They've got a lot of internal problems from... And I get that from, you know, watching my CNBC and watching my financial shows. They're in, they're in trouble. You know, people don't do business with people that are in trouble. I think for some people, they might need to outsource paid advertising. Mm-hmm. They might consider that. They might try to figure it out themselves. Mm-hmm. I personally would advertise on Instagram before I would yeah. advertise on Facebook. Which Facebook owns Instagram, so mm-hmm. you're still giving Facebook money, but you know, you gotta look where people are looking and I, I think Instagram is a great, you know, opportunity for people. Instagram is great. I just think that the amount of money that you have to pay for an agency to run your ads, I don't think it's is as lucrative as it was three or four years ago when Facebook was r- really a great spot for advertising. I just, I, I just think that it's, there's going to be a change there, and, mm-hmm. I, and I like to be ahead of that. So, so you go through the biggest expenditures and you look at them and you say, all right. How can we either reduce this cost, justify this cost, or figure out what more we need? So you, you started by looking at our customer service. Then the next thing you looked at is staffing. Yes. We lost a full-time employee. Yeah, and then, so you Who was a, a higher paid. I think we realized after we had that loss that we weren't going to jump and immediately replace that person. We were going to figure out, like, how much were they doing? Yes. And can that be absorbed? Can other people pick that slack up? Which right now, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. 
So that that's saving that, us some money. That's a huge savings, and then just one of those things that worked out the way it was supposed to work out. Yeah, and now that's money that can be spent for some other things that we're looking to do. Because mm-hmm. because you don't always look just to cut. You look to obviously spend money on the right key employees. But okay, know. but now let's go back to this. Now, so we started looking at. We have a team of registered dietitians uh-huh. who yeah. are a part of answering questions in the forums. Yes, they're also part of our writing staff, our research staff. They are our experts. We've got this, you know, great group of gals and guys who they kind of each have their own little specialty. Like this person really knows a lot about hormones, and this person really knows a lot about feeding families, and this person really knows a lot about gut health. And they dig it. They love it. Yeah. They stay on top of it. So that's a way that we're able to be cutting edge with the research and information and knowledge that we have. But do we need all these people full time? Yeah. And do we need a, them like on call? I found out today that at the beginning, the beginning we had registered dietitians like on call waiting for like tickets or waiting f- or researching or looking through the forums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just said, kind of know that, you know, the 131 method so much better than we did a year ago. So you first you had to go through an investigation and, and find out, okay, how much time are they spending Correct. working? Okay. And you learned what? I learned that besides writing articles, which are obviously a definite like, okay, it took me this long to write it or we pay by words, mm-hmm. right? So that's one's really simple to figure out. But we were paying RDs to kind of like almost be on call mm-hmm. for for the 131 method. Like, like for, emergency. This recipe calls for half a cup. You yeah. only have a quarter cup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or just anything like that. Hello, I wanted to share this with you. I think you'll find it interesting. So Brett and I have created businesses in eight different industries. This latest one, the 131 method, it really falls into the diet industry, even though, as I've mentioned, we don't consider it a diet. It's really a nutrition program. Anyways, what we had not anticipated was the amount of customer service related inquiries that go along with a nutrition program. We have programs like the Marketing Impact Academy, which are pretty dang complicated. Like there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of variables and it's people's money and their livelihood and they're building businesses. There's a lot of variables. We don't even have one one hundredth of the amount of inquiries for a program like the Marketing Impact Academy as we do the 131 method. And I think because as a society, we have been brainwashed and conditioned to believe we are not smart enough to make the right decision when it comes to our own diet and nutrition. Because of that, if every single little teeny tiny minute detail isn't spelled out, even the smartest individuals, lawyers and doctors and nurses and you know rocket scientists, I'm telling you, they would call our customer service department panicked. Can I eat this? Do I have permission to have an extra glass of water? Like crazy things where it's like, really? Like no common sense. It's not even common sense. It's a fear that you're going to do the wrong thing and that this one small decision, even if common sense tells you you should or shouldn't do it, people just want permission like I've never seen before. We could have never predicted the amount of customer service inquiries that relate to just crazy, simple, common sense, common health kinds of questions where people want permission before they put anything in their mouth. 
Okay, that was it. Back to our conversation. We could get more efficient with RDs if we streamlined their hours uh-huh. better. It just needed to be addressed. It just yeah. needed to be looked, looked at, at, looked, looked at, at and, and reevaluated. And, and you know, everybody does better when there's structure. Yes, and measure. Yes, and so when there's not structure and measure, then things start getting out of whack. Yeah, and it's just a way that it's a check and balance. Mm-hmm. So we can we can go in there and go, okay, these are the new rules. This is what we're going to do, mm-hmm. and like you always say, they're not like in concrete because mm-hmm. they could change three months from now. Right. But for right now, this is the way we're going to do it. Let me ask you a question. Yes, ma'am. Based on the numbers. You looking at our expenditures, looking at our staffing, looking at how much we have going out, how much it's taken us to launch and the research and development, and how do you feel right now about the 131? You know, when we evaluate things at the end of the year, which we always do, we always go, and we did this last year, we sit down and we say, okay, here are these, you know, maybe four or five different revenue sources. And we look at how much they've earned us. We look at how much we spent to earn that. And then we also look at headache. How much of a headache, how hard or how enjoyable has each one of these been? Mm -hmm. So factor that into. I think, well, if I factor all those things in, Mm -hmm. the one through one has been very difficult this year. Mm -hmm. I think that whenever you're starting a completely new business, whether you've you we've done businesses for the, together for the last 24 years mm-hmm. so or 20 years or whatever it is but we've always kind of like rolled into one a little bit more predictable than this one mm-hmm. this one wasn't as predictable no 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 so and i don't think that we understood all the growing pains mm-hmm. i think that we can really look at this year and say that we we really invested yeah. in learning the ins and outs of a diet program. A diet program and what it takes and you know And just for the record, we call it a diet program because that's kind of how we market it. Like that's the niche, but I mean it's a nutritional program. I put it this way, I'd rather I'd much rather be in our shoes right now than Weight Watchers shoes because Weight Watchers went out and paid Oprah an ungodly amount of money to be Uh their spokesperson and their stock went down about 40% this year. Yikes. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting industry Mm -hmm. because, you know, you almost got, it's almost like catching a, catching a wave. Yeah. You know, and you got, you just got to ride the wave for as long as you can and you got to get traction and, you know, you got to get to that tipping point to where, you know, you're... This becomes lifestyle, something people are talking where, about, gets grassroots. Where it's not, people don't go, it, where you and I don't have to explain like, oh yeah, it's one three one method, but it's kind of a diet, it's a nutritional program. People just are like going, I'm a one three one or I, yeah, I do yeah. one three one. I yeah. one three one, And that's when you know that you've kind of made it uh-huh. in terms of things. Now, with all that being said, yes. the one part of our business that we knew that we needed to get to... Yeah. was October when we had all of our renewals coming up, all of our people that have been in the program for six months or a year or, or 12 weeks, and that we were launching our subscription model. Yeah. And that seems to be working very well. Oh, you know, we haven't even talked about that. 
Yeah, so that I mean, you and I haven't. Yeah, and it's really in its infancy right now. Okay. We have our biggest week coming up here in the middle of December because uh-huh. we we signed up the most people that we ever signed up in That's for right. for the year in, in December of last year. That's right. So it's a it's a huge thing. We, we're working really hard in the office about you know we have the emails all set up and you know the. Uh, Why don't the, we do that again? I think we should. I think we should do another big launch. You know, I think That's we should. I think we should do another big launch. I think um, we've talked about that. What, you know, do we do that around the new branding of the program, mm-hmm, or you, mm-hmm. you know? And I think you and I have some amazing new ideas that we're going to launch in 2019. That's really going to help the one three one. But I mean, I don't th- feel like we. It's as as big and as difficult as it's been and all of the moving it's just it's probably the hardest business we've ever done mm-hmm. with the most moving pieces and the most things we weren't aware of and just the most competitive like it's the hardest business we've ever done but it's also one that I'm so freaking passionate about mm-hmm. and I feel like there's still so much more we haven't even done yet to like to like really see its potential it's like if it's a child this child is in fifth grade He's not in fifth grade yet. He's not in fifth. She. She or he is in <laughs> third grade. They're not an upper grader yet. But then sometimes I feel that way about journaling. Like the push journal. Like I told you tonight at dinner. I'm like, my dream come true would be just everybody used a push journal. Because that would mean like everyone had a plan for the next day. And that would mean people would be happier. But then, but that's the same reason why I'm so passionate about the one three one. I'm like, but then people wouldn't be sick and people wouldn't be like, it's all about happiness and feeling good. But we can't have the life that we have written out that we want Mm -hmm. and have two kind of startup businesses going at the same time and expect for both of them to be Bell Victorians. Yeah. It's just, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And we need to you know spend a little bit more time developing these and they're both amazing and the nice thing about it is we're employing a bunch of people yeah and we're doing great and And the other good thing is and i'm glad you said that because you're right and that's why we're a good balance to each other because i want all things at once i've got add you are the balance to this business who says okay let's go in all the way with one and like for example the push journals that you know in and of itself could be a multi-million dollar industry company and even just with a little bit that we've done and just the small grassroots yeah effort like it's been incredibly successful so it's yeah. not like it's not successful no and we've helped a lot of people and i mean just think about we, we haven't even really gone after like testimonials and done the testimonials like we do for mia yeah to for the journals and you know there's just a lot of things that we have to do and we're we're getting there and we're moving forward and the journals are getting better each time that we come out with a new set uh-huh. and people love them we have so many repeat customers yeah and you know just the things that i listed off at dinner today that things that we're already talking about doing for the next sets that are going to come out are going to be amazing and we have a team now that kind of understands our ebb and flow Mm -hmm. i mean we our team like if you want to relate this to football to your guy listeners Mm -hmm. and your girl listeners that love football you don't build a championship football team in 
eight, nine months. A lot of our employees, they haven't even worked together for a year. Mm, you're right. I mean, we just hired a digital marketer, Pam. She's been with us for three months. We've had Lexi. She's been, she hasn't even been here for a year. We have some badass on our team. We do. Right? So we have all these people. And then the people that we've had for a while, we've had them change roles. Yeah. And like, okay, we're not doing marketing impact. I mean, now we're doing, you know, yeah. one, three, one. And then now they got to start thinking about that. Yeah. When, you know, like when they're cutting yeah. videos or it's just we like an awesome team, awesome team. And literally, and Brooke's only been with us for 14, 15 months. Yeah. And she's our VP and she's trying to learn all these new businesses. This is the first time that she's ever done a, um, marketing impact academy launch and like so is her first time uh-huh and she crushed it and she crushed it so like you got to think about like all the good things that we did oh, in this I year do, yeah yeah you're right and and make it and the fact that we know what we did wrong and we're not and that that's why we're so good as a team mm-hmm. is because we know where we kind of made mistakes and we quickly fix them mm-hmm. and we don't make them again. Mm-hmm. You're right. And Those are systems. Yeah, we build systems and we're building systems and we're getting better at, you know, building this system. And, um, and our favorite songs on the radio, 1111. Yep. Dashboard. That's weird. We're finishing up this podcast at 1111. That is so weird. I guess we better end it there. That's crazy. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this little car chat with myself and my husband. Partners partners in life, partners in business, partners in crime. Yep. Our sure. goal is to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. And be done. Be gone. Love and we're done. Bye. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and they're just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.